Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the Grand Final. It's got the ball. Jared Hayes. Superstar, superhuman. Holy Modulite. The speed of the bullet. He hits it. He's got it. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Of course, it is NAIDOC week and, you know, an incredibly important week on the Australian calendar and, of course, the Rugby League calendar as well. I mean, some of the greatest talents we've ever seen in our game have Indigenous heritage and some of the greatest entertainers in particular. And uh, long-time Guru followers, you will remember a podcast we did earlier this year. We went through our top five Indigenous entertainers that I absolutely love and Gee whiz, there were some talented footballers that didn't make this list. You know, off the top of my head, Nathan Blacklock, Laurie Daly, Anthony Mundine, Jamie Soward, Scotty Prince, just some some absolute sensations that couldn't get a spot in our top five. But this is the five we went with earlier this year, and I listened back to it yesterday, and I just thought, fuck, I still do not disagree with any of these blokes. They're some of my all-time favourite footballers, and there's no better week to go back and relive some of their magic moments. I love the way that these guys played their footy. I wish we had them all in the modern game, to be honest with you, because I think their skill set is more suited now than it has been in the last 20 years. A couple of these guys come from the 90s, and that was probably the peak for Indigenous footballers, in my opinion. That was when the game most suited a lot of these guys' abilities. Now is probably the second most relevant time, and I think it's fantastic that we've got so many Indigenous stars currently running around our game doing such a fantastic job. I mean, you look at Origin last night, a handful of Indigenous guys there just doing sensational things. Cody Walker's the absolute standout for me at the moment, and the way that Cody Walker's travelling, I just think that he really could be in my top five over the next few years, depending on how his career ends. I love watching Walker play. I love the instincts he brings. I love what Ty- Tyron Peachy brings. He is sensational. He's just got X-Factor that you just can't compete with. Josh is another one. He's starting to you know transition into hopefully being a fullback. He's got all the ability in the world. Just raw instincts that you simply can't coach. These are my top five favourite Indigenous entertainers of all time in rugby league. Number five. Owen Craigie comes in at number five for me, one of the most gifted footballers we will ever see. Many will say that we never got to see his best, and, you know, I probably have to agree with them, but what we did see, oh, my God, it was 
unbelievable. Think about Owen Craigie, you know, he was just, he was such a sensation as a young bloke. You look at now, you know, guys, you know, occasionally you'll get a guy that plays two years of Australian schoolboys like I believe Brad Fittler played two years of Australian schoolboys, you know, an incredible achievement. It means that you're essentially in the best 17 footballers under the age of 18 when you're 17. Incredible effort. Owen Craigie played three years of Australian schoolboys. So when he was 16, he was in the best 17 players in Australia under the age of 18. It, you know, it's never been done before, and I guarantee you it will never be done again. Owen Craigie came in as an absolute freak. He won his comp with the Newcastle Knights in 1997, and the stuff he was able to do, you know, I hear guys say now, I've heard Isaac John say on his podcast a few times that, you know, Trent Barrett taught him the better the centre is, the earlier you give him the ball. And you honestly, you didn't have to do anything for Owen Craigie. You just had to throw him the pill, give him a half opportunity, give him a quarter opportunity, and he'll turn it into something. He was such an incredible athlete. The instincts he had, I don't think we've seen anyone with better instincts, with just better natural instincts for rugby league. He just he would just sum things up in half a second and turn a non-opportunity into an opportunity. He was an absolute freak. I've heard Andrew John say that he, in his opinion, Owen Craigie was the most skillful player ever played with. And God, it's hard to argue with. He just had everything Owen Craigie, an absolute freak of rugby league. Number four. Greg Inglis comes in at number four for me, the absolute juggernaut. I remember watching him make his debut all the way back in 2006 for the Melbourne Storm. He took out the Rookie of the Year that year. A year later, he won the Clive Churchill medal. Just a, such an incredible footballer. Whether he was playing centre, 5'8", or fullback, he was just something else. As far as I'm concerned, he's probably the best centre I've ever seen, along with Mal Meninga. The two of them, they're just head and shoulders above the rest for me. Such an incredible athlete, and it's scary to think that, you know... I think he's the best centre I've ever seen solely because of what he did in the Origin Arena, which, you know, it's on the biggest stage and he dominated it like no outside back ever has, in my opinion. And it's funny to think that, you know, he never won M Centre of the Year in Rugby League because he was always playing fullback or in his early part of his career, he was on the wing or he's playing 5'8 for Melbourne. You know, what he did in that 2007 grand final at 5'8, playing out of position, he was just an absolute freak. He could just do stuff that others couldn't. And, you know, he just, he made his move to South Sydney. And I think... When he arrived, you know, what what he did at Melbourne was incredible. Won grand finals there, played for the Kangaroos, played for the for the Maroons, just did amazing things. But when he arrived at South Sydney, I think he realised what his destiny was. And then in 2014, he fulfilled that destiny. He ended the premiership drought for South Sydney, you know. And it's, it's one of those things I spoke about when Luttrell arrived at South Sydney. You knew it was going to be special. The South Sydney club, they've got links to the Indigenous community that are just so strong. And to see a guy like Greg Inglis arrive and then a few years later end their premiership drought and it finish with him running to the trial line, doing the Goanna, just scenes that you, you simply couldn't script. He just means so much to that local community and the people within South Sydney and what he's done in rugby league. It'll never be forgotten. For me, he probably just misses out on becoming an immortal but in a few years' time, if he was made an immortal, you wouldn't get any arguments from me. An absolute freak and one of my favourite Indigenous players ever to watch. Number three. The next two guys I'm going to mention, they sort of come as a package deal. But we'll kick off at number three with Matty Bowen. He was an absolute freak. 
those, you know, those two uh, late two thousands, early twenty tens. Matt Bowen was just on another level. His combination with the next man we'll mention in our list, JT, was just you couldn't, you simply couldn't defend it. He was just such a good footballer. The way he just knew where and when to inject himself constantly. He's the sort of guy, you know, he wasn't huge in stature, but. Mate, the amount of times he got the ball with just nothing on and just with a little burst of speed, little step, little dummy, he just went through and he just made some of the best defenders in rugby league look stupid. He was an absolute freak, Matty Bowen. There's a try that he scored one night to beat the Broncos. I can't remember what year it was, but he picked the ball up from the back of the scrum at lock and he, he went out to the left and he threw a dummy little goosey and went straight through and scored and just... He's the only bloke in the NRL that could have possibly scored that try at the time. Just once in a lifetime footballer, Matty Bowen. We saw in State of Origin, you know, he was never really like the first choice player picked for Queensland. He was never the established Queensland fullback. But they picked him off the bench a number of times and he just did a job. And, you know, the moment that came for Matty Bowen... I think it would have been around the 2007 origin mark. The game goes to extra time. Brett Kamali, he curves down the left edge on about his own 30-meter line. He's got Matty Cooper and I think Mark Gaznier outside him on the left. He sees an opportunity, throws a brilliant ball. And if it, you know, if the ball would have hit the mark, the Blues win that game. It was a great pill, but Matty Bowen, he just read it and he saw it coming. His instincts kicked in. Matty Bowen took, you know, one of the most amazing intercepts I've ever seen to win that game in State of Origin on the biggest stage. Matty Bowen's instincts, second to none. Number two. Jonathan Thurston comes in at number two for me. Probably slightly controversial. I'm sure everyone expected JT to be number one, but for me, he's my second favourite Indigenous player ever to watch. JT, you know, there was just... He achieved everything in rugby league, you know, four-time Dallium halfback of the year, four-time Dallium player of the year. He was the RLPA player of the year four times, which is probably his greatest achievement because that's that award is voted based on your peers. So that's the blokes around him that he's playing week in, week out, that he's going to rep level with to vote him as the best player in rugby league. That's probably the greatest compliment you could possibly get. Uh, he won the golden boot on three occasions. Dallium 5'8 on three occasions. So he's Dallium halfback four times. Dallium 5'8 three times. You know, that's seven years. That's half of his career. He was the best in his position. Just incredible stuff, especially when you consider, you know, the era he played in and the other halves that were running around. Just unbelievable. You know, you got Cooper Cronk, you got Darren Lockyer for most of his career. Just, you know, it's unprecedented what JT did. Just unbelievable. And for me, you know, obviously the 2015 Grand Final, that's a moment that stands out. You know, what he achieved that night, you know, kicking that field goal, North Queensland's first ever premiership. You know, after the few years leading up to that Grand Final, you know, the Cowboys, they'd been very unlucky. They'd had a few tough things go against them. They had a few injuries at crucial moments. And for them to win that grand final, you know, with all the theatre, you know, JT had the chance to win it from the grand final. It hit the post. He went as close as he possibly could without kicking it. And then to kick that field goal under that sort of theatre, just unbelievable. The moment for me in JT's career that stands out was it's it's the first moment I remember thinking, fuck, this bloke's special. And that was the 2004 grand final. I remember um, sitting at that game and, you know, the Bulldogs had some really handy halves. They had Brent Shifty Sherwin, who was an absolute gun. He's probably, he's one of the most underrated halves I think I've ever seen. His kicking game was unbelievable. And they had Brayton Astor. Now, a lot of people want to give Brayton Astor shit, but, you know, he could play. And as a young bloke, he was an absolute freak. In 2004, he was playing unbelievable footy. So they had Thurston sitting on the bench and he came on with... 
I haven't gone back and watched it, but I remember him coming on late in the game. I'm going to say it's about the 70 minute mark, and he got the ball on the right edge about on about halfway, and he just put in the most perfect kick for the moment in that game. Canterbury were up 16-13, and he just nudged it in the corner. He found touch about three minutes out, and it just calmed Canterbury down. The Roosters had a lot of momentum at that point, and it was just the perfect kick for that perfect moment in the highest pressure moment you could ever imagine. And that summed JT up. When the moment came, he came up with the play, and he knew what to do. It's what JT did in the Origin Arena that really summed him up for me, though. A lot of people say that Wally Lewis was the greatest Origin player ever, and, you know, I'm I'm not going to argue that, but gee whiz, if Jonathan Thurston isn't second or close to knocking Wally Lewis off that mantle, I'll give it away because his, his, what he did in State of Origin over a long period of time was simply incredible. The big plays he came up with, you know, I'll be the first to say I've, I've always had JT on a slightly lower mantle than your Brad Fittler and your Andrew Johns because he couldn't defend. He wasn't a great defender, but in Origin, my God, he just, he put his body on the line and he showed up. And, you know, that just sums up JT as a Queenslander and as a footballer. Origin, he went to a new game, a completely new level. I'm not sure if he's not the best Origin player we've ever seen. Number one. Cliffy Lyons comes in at number one for me. Cliffy Lyons is the sort of bloke that you just, you'll never see another one of him. He's a once-in-a-lifetime footballer. And the style of footy he played and the attitude he has just once in a lifetime. Cliffy played, you know, 330 first-grade games across 14 years. You know, it means that he he averaged 22 or 23 games a year for the entirety of his career. You know, just the longevity of the bloke was unbelievable. You hear all these stories about that, you know, before a game and at halftime, he'd put a dart away. Like, he just, he just went about footy in his own style. He was that real old-school sort of footballer. And we talk about the great halves of all time and, you know, you, you, you quite often get blokes, you know, you'll talk about, you know, your Andrew Johns, your Lockyers, your Freddies and Ricky Stewart and all these guys. And quite often, you know, people pick dream teams and they pick, you know, two halfbacks at half and five eight. If you're looking at just strictly, you know, the best standoffs of all time, the best five eights of all time, you know, it's got to be hard to go past Cliffy Lines. For me, it's Cliff Lines, Brad Fittler and Brett Kenny is like out and out five eights that just they just took the game to another level. And the way that the way that Cliffy Lyons used to ball play, it's just it's an art that's lost. He was the master of thinking fast but playing slow. And by that I mean if you watch the tempo that he ball plays with, he sees something and he'll be in a half jog. Yeah, but the guys around him are moving at pace and he just manipulated defensive lines with the way that he slowly moved his body, changed his tempo of his run. You know, those little short balls. He had a long ball, but it was his short balls that just... And his little sleight of hand that he just used to towel teams up. I, You know, I saw him a couple of years ago playing Oztag and he's, you know, he's 50-55 now. He's still doing the same fucking thing. Still just toweling people up with just his sleight of hand, little bit of footwork... Just he's just one of those guys that you just can't coach what Cliffy Lyons had. And the way that he ball plays is the sort of ball playing that I love to watch. It can't be coached. It can't be taught. You've either got it or you don't. And 99.9% of people don't have it. And Cliffy Lyons did. And he just, he mastered his craft and he did it better than anyone. The combination that he built with Steve Menzies, like that combo between a half and an edge second rower, it's just second to none, and it's sort of something that's developed more and more over time. 
Cliff Lyons knew the importance of it 20 years ago and had it absolutely nailed down. Steve Menji was a great footballer, but fuck, he got so lucky that he came along at the right time that he was able to work with a guy like Cliffy Lyons. Steve Menzies wouldn't have been half the footballer he was if it wasn't for Cliff Lyons. He was an incredible, incredible footballer. He's probably shocked a lot of people he's at number one on my list, but it's not the list of the best Indigenous players. It's a list of the guys that I love to watch. And Cliffy Lyons, without a doubt, is my favourite Indigenous player ever to watch go about his footy. I've got one more guy I want to mention as a little bonus, so stay tuned. Joining in the play, Diamond sends Beatson on another ground-gaining run, and the 16-and-a-half stoner never fails to make his presence felt. The last guy I want to mention, of course, is Arthur Beetson. Didn't have him in my top five because, obviously, I didn't watch. I'm, I'm too young to have watched him for all of his career. All I've seen is little highlights here and there. But what I did see, fuck, you know, he is just... He's He was the exact footballer that I love to watch. He was a ball-playing forward, uh, you know, and, you know, you've all heard that about him, that he, he was essentially a halfback stuck in a front rower's body. And he was just... The hits he would put on... And the aggression he would bring, like he would, he would win games of footy, you know, with aggression. Then he'd win games of footy with his ball playing. Then he'd just be your, you know, your Taumalolo sort of guy. He'd take up the ball. He'd win. He'd win the ruck for your team. He'd play the halfback role. If there was, you know, if the other pack was getting on top of your side, he'd step up. He'd put a stink on. He'd get the aggression back into your footy team. He was just an absolute freak, and I think the mantle that he holds in Australia, you know, he's the first ever Indigenous man to captain um, an Australian national team, and, you know, I don't think there's a greater honour as far as I'm concerned. Everything Arthur Beetson achieved, he's obviously an immortal of the game and just an absolute freak. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not old enough to have watched him play, but what I have seen of him... And the people that I respect highest, you know, I spoke to Bernie Gurr the other day, CEO of the Roosters. He was coached by Arthur. And he just says that, you know, there is, you know, when, you, when you're when you talking Andrew Johns, like, he's the best halfback we've ever, we've ever seen. But there's, you know, you can make an argument for JT. Um, you know, I in my opinion, you know, you think of five eights, you know, there's Wally Lewis, there's Brett Kenny, there's Brad Fittler. When you think of front rowers, it's Arthur Beetson, Daylight, and then everyone else. And Bernie Gurr pointed out that if he could, you know, if he could start a franchise right now, I asked him if, if if you can pick one player to build a franchise around right now, who would it be? And without hesitation, he said Arthur Beetson. For a guy like Bernie Gurr, who's been CEO of clubs, he's played footy, he's been coached by some of the best, it just speaks absolute heaps about the sort of guy Arthur Beetson was. I've got so much respect for him. I didn't put him in my top five because I didn't think it was fair because I hadn't seen him, but... I wish I did. He's one bloke that I really wish I got to play. Uh, sorry, I got to watch play footy because he was just incredible. Thanks for tuning in again to the Rugby League Guru podcast. Enjoy Indigenous Round. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see some of the stars absolutely lighted up this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend of footy. Uh, stay tuned on Monday morning. We'll have our interview with Isaac John Ice from YKTR coming. Um, it's a fantastic chat. A bloke that I really look up to and. You know, I hate saying the word, but he's the sort of guy that I idolise and I love listening to, and he's inspired me to do a lot of my podcasting. So a really good chat there. I know you'll enjoy it. Kicked corners and keep playing smart footy. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.